This is Big Business with Sarah. This podcast guides you to finding what you desire most in life and business. Because running a business is very much about your personal development. In this podcast, I'm sharing what my clients ask me and how I help them. Thanks for joining. Welcome back to the podcast and the question I want to answer for you and for my clients, which I did for my clients, is how to set up your pricing for your new product, service, membership, you know, anything could be. And this is a question coming from my mastermind. And one of my clients from the mastermind has launched a membership and she asked me how to set up her pricing strategies and um, all the questions that we talked about could also really apply to if you are creating a new service or product and how to set the price for that. And I coached her through this in Voxer and um, so, you know, how did we get about? So she, you know, researched the competition first. That's what she did, you know, just without me asking that. <laughs> and so she researched the competition and uh, she looked at actually five different competitors from different um, competitors, different mod- membership models. And uh, she compared the prices. So she kind of knew the range that she was operating in. And then she looked at what she desired, so from a gut feeling. And um, she knew she used my idea of the good, better, best goals. And in the Voxer coaching, um, which is the Vox- walkie-talkie app, so in, if you're in, in my mastermind or if you're working with me privately, you have me in your back pocket, literally, um, if you would carry your phone in your back pocket, by the way, um, and you could ask me anything, um, you know, if there's something in your business happening, you know, very um, urgently, I can help you. Or if it's a little bit more strategy, like this question, then I love to support you. So we kind of went back and forth, forth. And I asked her, you know, when she showed me the competition prices and her gut feeling prices, I asked her what felt like the best, you know, first felt like the best price. And she responded with a certain price range. Um, so as a coach, I also researched different membership models I saw as well. Uh, not just memberships models, but you know everything that you know goes along with creating a membership because you know, I think it's really you know a separate, you know almost like a really sep- different kind of career having a, a membership. I, I think that too many people think that it's very easy to launch a membership, but actually most of them uh, quit after a couple of, months or years or because it's just taking too much time. So I thought it was really good that she asked those questions um, during the mastermind to really set her up for, you know, a great deal for herself and her client, for her clients. And one of the things that I saw whilst doing my research is that almost all the experts that are talking about this is that you should start with a low price first and then you can always go up because it's very difficult from you know going from a high price, higher price to a lower price. Mm. So I asked her, how much clients and money do you need to make you happy and be able to live off the proceeds? And, you know, I always tell my clients to make a budget for the year. And then, um, you know, with all the cost, cost that you have, with all the time that you want to spend on your business, um, you know, could be working with clients, but also acquisition. So it's on and in your business. 
And so I asked her that, how much uh, money do you actually need to survive next year? Um, because this was last year when she asked me. And um, so I already, so th I think that's, that's very important to know. So how much money do you actually need? What makes you happy? Um, you know, all the costs that you're having, not just your personal costs, but also the costs of your team or maybe the website that you're running the website on. And um, yeah. Um, another thing that I've noticed, not so much from the experts that I read from, but I have been a part of some memberships in the past, is that um, I always had, at some point with some memberships, I had the idea that, you know, the creators thought that it felt very much like a must. So, um, yeah, you sh I think you should, if you are creating a membership, it should be really very much something you really love to do and actually something that you are already creating. And so it's very easy to put that in a membership. So, for instance, I also considered creating a membership because I've created so many mini programs and I thought, hmm, this could easily be a membership. I haven't done it because I know myself and I know that if I have to do something like homework when I was a child, I didn't like it. So it's really not for me. Um, so that's me personally. So I also asked her that. So uh, what? It, when is it worth it? You know, fantasize what what your membership looks like, uh, what is your ideal situation? And also, you know, how much time do you want to spend on this for marketing and creating the content for the, uh, for, for the memberships, if it's videos, if it's, you know, anything else, uh, maybe articles. I don't know. Um, think of this as your billable hours, really. And um, how, do you, how much do you want to make from this? So when I created my first course, I know that there was a you know, my big business course, I know, I knew that there was a kind of bottom line that I wanted to start at. And I thought, you know what, it's actually really well worth my time when I reach this. And of course, I got it because else I wouldn't never have created it. <laughs> um, so also think of this for yourself, for your own mem mem uh, membership. And maybe there is also tasks that you can delegate and through t your team or maybe through systems. Mm. So what I asked her is to think about how many members do you need? How much do they pay? How much do you offer each month? Is it one video? Is it one article? Is it a new meal plan? Is it a new meditation? I don't know what kind of membership you're running. Um, and um, also a little bit, you know, what is your de demographic? Where do you find your people? Do you, are they already a part of your tribe or not? And then the second question I asked her was not so much a fun question, actually, but at which point do you want to stop? And I think that's so important and that so many people forget, you know, same thing as, you know, when people get married, they don't think about what would happen, you know, with, I don't know, everything, their assets or their house or whatever, or children, they don't think about it before, you know, they start the commitment. Maybe it's not really, maybe you should actually look at, look at it this way. And it's also always, you know, much smarter to have, you know, a plan in place also in a personal situation, but even more so in your business, when are you going to break up with your membership? <laughs> and um, is it at a point that you have no members? Is it at a point when you have 10 members, uh, maybe 20 members? So this, is, this really makes it your idea is very sharp and that you really, really know 
what you what you have to what you have to do and what you need to um, to sustain your membership. So for some people, it could be zero members, right? Or maybe one member, and maybe those members are your mother and your sister, and you're still good. Um, and for others, it could be hundreds. So we first looked at your dream, and also what is your biddable hours, how much, how much time you want to spend on it. And you know, the second part is a little bit your nightmare. You know, when, when do you want to quit? And then a third question I asked her is, have you thought of the idea of founding members? So having a limited offer to people if they step in early. And so maybe they will pan, pay for the, for the membership. They pay $10 for the rest of their lives. And instead of $20 when they, you know, come to you, um, you know, the month after. So create some urgency for that. And if you already have a big tribe and she does actually have a big tribe, then it's going to be really easy uh, doing this founding men- membership. And uh, in the end, you know, the membership, all memberships also, for instance, your gym membership is very much not so much about the money each month, but the total um, recurring revenue that you are getting from your clients. And, um, you know, you that's 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 the whole idea. And you want to motivate people to to join. And that's also um, some that's also a big task actually for you when you're running the membership. Um, so I thought um, so, th- you know, th- this is what I shared with her and then her um you know, your response was, um, you know, very much about, you know, which 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 race she wanted to to do, and you know, she wanted to quit after five months if there were less than twenty clients, and um, you know, she was talking about the demographic, and um, aside from giving or instead of actually giving a discount, she wanted to give a gift to one of her clients, and then we kind of went back and forth in the Voxer, and. Um, I asked her to create something like a time Excel. So kind of have a budget in which you are writing down how many members you expect in January, how many in February, March, April, May, everything. And then kind of calculate how much you need and what is kind of the break point for you. I also said to her that five months is quite a short period of time to launch something because it's over before you know it. Um, I would probably give her a year but you know it's up to her obviously and um you'll really kind of have prepared what kind of what your response is going to be in which situation so not just start something and you know we'll see how it goes but actually really be prepared of all the possibilities that are coming your way because then you don't have to make the decision once you're maybe feeling a little bit choked up um once it's you know once the problem hits your way um so yeah that's really how we got about and I thought it was really great and you know she is actually doing really great right now and um you know in summary we really looked at you know the first thing is to really think about you know what what do I need to make this happen what is my dream what kind of feeling do I want and really step into as if it's already happening then step two is, you know, what is the breakup scenario? And then step three was really very much about, um, um, you know, the idea of founding members and a little bit more from a marketing perspective. And now it's time for one of your questions. 
uh, I wanted to ask you, how do you calculate loss into your uh, business model? As in, how many clients do you need to reach for to have a sort of successful revenue stream? Like when I have, for example, three or four clients who give me projects uh, and one falls through, do I have two in the backup or how do you how do you handle this? How do you deal with this? That's a great question and I think it's very important. I think to me this is something I really recognized back when I was freelancing and I would have about maximum of seven clients, but I think three or four is what most freelancers do have. Um, and um, actually, this is also one of the reasons why I quit freelancing, because during COVID, all my clients disappeared. And I thought, you know what, I don't want this anymore, because it's very, very insecure, actually. Um, and so I wanted to have a more scalable and more diversified income streams. I would actually highly suggest you have multiple income streams, not if it's just from your business, but if it's also personal or, you know, whatever. Um, but if you want to be a freelancer, then I have written down five things for you. And um, so the first thing that I want to share with you is to create a wait list for clients. So if you are full, tell people they can be on the on the wait list. You know, maybe, you know, it, this only applies when they are not in a rush, <laughs> which hardly ever happens. But if they really want to work with you, then, yeah, you can start a wait list. Mm. And if I would still freelance at this point, I would probably have a group of freelancers around me whom I trust and um, who I'm kind of sharing clients with. So, for instance, if it's something, um, so for instance, I, I was an interim manager, but I would need some graphic design, then I would also love to have a graphic designer and I would pay them. And, you know, my client would just pay for my entire service um, or I would give the graphic design, give the graphic designer to the clients. Um, so kind of dividing the tasks. Um, so it's not just all really dependent on me. And a little bit in line with that, the third tip I want to give you is if you have a group like that, you can also um, in, uh, introduce your clients uh, to another freelancer who does the same work as you and ask for a 10% kickback fee. And uh, this could also work the other way around. So for instance, if somebody else is full, full fully booked and kind of have, um, yeah, I have something waiting for you. So I think, you know, my main message here is to network with other freelancers as well. So it's not just depending on you. And don't be afraid of someone stealing your clients or or your ideas. It's I, I don't believe in in that uh, you know in that scarcity mindset. Um, but just really you know share this and also of course have a good conversation about this with your clients. Um, I would also always do this. So uh, at some point in my career, I would have or in my business, I would have too many clients, and then I would. Uh, delegate some tasks, uh, you know, for instance, if it was very, you know, work that I've done so many times, so it was so easy to me, then I would ask someone, hire someone as my assistant in my business. And then, of course, it was in the contract with my clients that I would also delegate some work to others. Um, 
And this is also how you create more work for others. And you could also be, you know, if you're just starting out, you could also be some of those ex assistants from more experienced freelancers. Or contact something, someone like a recruiter or someone you know that has a lot of uh, freelance jobs um, you know, or, or you know, posting or that they're posting a lot of freelance jobs or um, ask them if they could give you a client, if they have some work for you. And then, yeah, you should give them some fee kickback fee, maybe or maybe not. But, you know, maybe you would want to do that, actually. And, um, and the fifth tip I want to give you is to consider to be very active on social media so that you can work on your personal brand or create a mailing list in which you are sharing ideas and tips that are really for your ideal client. So what I'm in summary really suggesting is that you're working on your personal brand, your network, and actually really showing your expertise and not letting anyone forget you. Now I have a question for you. So listening to the previous questions, you know, coming from my mastermind and the question coming from the audience, my question for you is if you have created a sales strategy for the upcoming year yet. So a sales strategy is really usually a plan. And I have uh, recorded a video of 20 minutes on how you can create your sales plan. And no worries, you don't have to leave your email address. You can just watch it on YouTube. I will share the link in the show notes. And this video is really to help you create your sales plan. So we're looking at all the different things. Also a little bit what I spoke about today, but much more on how to create your perfect plan so that your dream as a freelancer or as an entrepreneur or as an artist is really going to become true. <laughs> and, um, you know, maybe you're thinking, mm, I don't want to make plans. Well, actually, I think you should, because if there is no plans, then you have no idea where you're going. <laughs> um, so that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you back next week. Thank you for listening to Big Business with Sarah. If you've enjoyed today's episode, leave a five-star review and hit subscribe. If you're ready for your next step in business, you can find out how to work with me in the show notes. Do not forget to submit your coaching question for one of my next episodes. Have a happy day.